It's considered rather gauche these days to accidentally provide spoilers. That is, to ruin the plot of what's coming in a story by talking of plot points that the person you're talking to hasn't even seen yet. So the standard thing to do is to say spoiler warning. And so I think I need to say that now. You see, I don't think it's possible to speak of Palm Sunday without talking about what comes next. Yet the crowd that greet Jesus that day, they didn't know what would be happening less than a week later. They were excited. For them, this was Christ's victory lap. He'd finally come to Jerusalem. All that were there would have known how dangerous Jerusalem was for Jesus. It would be akin to Donald Trump riding a donkey into Damascus today. Not only that, but his wasn't even the only procession in town that day. No, on that same day, or thereabouts, we think, Pontius Pilate was arriving, and he wanted to send a very different message. The message that rebellion would not be accepted by Rome. So I want us to try something a little different, and I'll ask you to stay with me. Can we all close our eyes for a moment? Now I want us to imagine that we were sitting there on that dusty road in Jerusalem. The noise of people all around us. The smell of small fires and food cooking. Dust hanging caught in the sunbeams in the air. Then imagine that parade of hundreds of soldiers marching perfectly in lockstep their polished armour gleaming in the sun. Hear the creaks of their leather and the thump of their boots. The war drums beating as row after row of men go pouring past, stern-faced and looking ahead. Picture Pilate there in the centre, held aloft, caught in the beams of the sun, held aloft and reclining as he's carried to the garrison. Perhaps you've been there when a football team have won promotion. I remember when Bournemouth did several years ago to the Premier League and the bus went through the centre holding players aloft for all to see, crowds flocking to see their conquering heroes. Imagine then the other procession in Jerusalem that day. A man in dirty clothes, covered in dust from his travels, He's not surrounded by armies, but by a ragtag bunch of men, odds and ends he's collected as he travelled. He's not carried aloft. He's not held separately from the crowd. But he's amongst them. You've heard stories of this man. He has healed the sick and tended to the poor. He has cast out demons and prophesied the future. You've heard rumour that he is Christ. The Messiah who has come to save us. The sun is hot on your neck. And you begin to hear the crowd chanting the old songs from Psalm 118. There is none of the enforced silence or that fear from the military parade. All around everyone is singing, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Imagine the hope in your heart, as the saviour of Israel is amongst us. To change tack slightly, 
Me and my wife recently attended a weekend away at a retreat. On the Sunday, we had an hour of silence in the centre of the service, and I found myself sat on a rather comfy settee with my Bible. And Since it was the beginning of Lent, I found myself drawn to three readings. The first was Matthew 4, 1-11, as Jesus is driven to the desert. And the second was our two readings from today, Luke 19, 28-40, and Psalm 118. I found myself reflecting on the fact that as they bookended Jesus' ministry, so too do they bookend our Easter celebrations. We begin Lent in sacrifice to remind us of Christ's sacrifice. And we prepare for Holy Week with remembrance of Christ entering Jerusalem victorious on the back of that beaten donkey. Eventually I bored of that quiet room and the comfortable surroundings. I'd like to pretend that I uh, studiously studied my Bible for the hour, but I'm not one who can thrive in silence for too long. So I gathered my coat and my hat, and I left that retreat to go for a walk. Outside was not quiet, nor was it still. A great wind was blowing, moving all the trees around me and causing absolute chaos. I could go walking that day, though. I was physically prepared with my hat and, and coat for the weather around me, and I was spiritually prepared to walk in the chaos with that memory of Christ entering Jerusalem on the back of that donkey. So we find ourselves back to that parade into Jerusalem that day. Christ and his ragtag band greeted by this crowd waving palm leaves. He had been prepared for this since before the creation of everything. As he entered Jerusalem that day, the words he is greeted with were foretold hundreds of years before him. Isaiah had seen that the Messiah would come, not on a stallion, but on that little donkey. And look to how he is greeted. Those of the Jewish faith who gather round have prepared for this day since their exile. And so they greet him with the words of Psalm 118. A psalm that was written like so many of the psalms to thank God for the salvation of the psalmist. Look to the words of verse 19. I think the gate to salvation, the path to the Lord, was walking into Jerusalem that day, tired and riding our donkey. He who paraded that day would less than a week later die, and in his resurrection would cement our salvation. And as we move on through the verses in that psalm as well, the stones the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This man, who could not enter Jerusalem before this day, for he knew what would occur, what the Romans would do unto him, this man who has spent years circling his eventual end, preparing never himself but us, preparing us by performing his wondrous acts that we would understand his message. He comes to Jerusalem that day to underline his teaching and to finish it. We must understand that we know what awaited Christ in Jerusalem, and so did he. 
Here's that spoiler warning again. Those same people who sung to their Messiah that day would hang him from a cross a week later. Do not think us exempt from this blame either. I find myself thinking of those lines from How Deep the Father's Love for Us. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. Yet this is still Christ's victory parade. His victory will be absolute, not fleeting. And if we come back to those jewel parades, I know which one at the time I would have put my money on. If I was watching in those crowds, then no matter my song at the arrival of Jesus Christ, I would assume the Roman Emperor would continue forever. I think we know that the Roman Empire certainly assumed the same. It is not, however, the Eagle of Rome that sits behind me now. For there is no salvation in any power other than Christ. This is a parade not of victory in life, but over death. It is in that victory on the cross that we place our hope, and in that knowledge of the cross that Christ entered Jerusalem that day. As with all in life, then, Palm Sunday must be understood through the prism of the cross, and the cross viewed through that open tomb. And for me, the lesson is one of preparation and victory in the sacrifice of that cross. We must be prepared, but we must also use that preparation. Perhaps there is some reflection on the fact that we call these Christian breaks retreats. For a retreat to be useful, it must be tactical. Otherwise, it is a simple act of giving up. As Christ prepared in the wilderness... As he prepared in his preaching and teaching, in his healing, in his eating with friends and admonishing in the temple so that his sacrifice would be understood, so must we prepare. I'd like us to picture Christ that day, perhaps smiling as he was surrounded by his friends, as he knew even the stones would sing of his coming. What can we do this week to prepare ourselves for the challenges ahead? And if you are a Christian, if you believe in your heart that God raised Christ from the dead, then what can you do with that preparation to declare that Jesus is Lord? How can you parade Jesus in view of his sacrifice? For what are you preparing? So consider that this coming week. And as we come to remember the incredible sacrifice of Jesus Christ at this time of year, perhaps reflect on what that victory in sacrifice means to you now. And we finish in prayer as we look to those words of Psalm 118. But we bring to it our spoilers. And so we pray through Psalm 118, knowing the power of Christ's sacrifice, reworded to reflect what he did for us, what he does for us daily now. Let us pray. We do not die but live. Strengthen us to proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened us severely, but we thank him. 
that in his Son he has not given us over to death. O Lord, you have opened for us the gates of the righteous through your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us enter and give thanks. We will give you thanks for you answered us. You have become our salvation. We know, Lord, that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. You have done this through your Son, and it is marvellous in our eyes. You have done it this very day, as before, and you will continue to do. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Amen. Amen.